I don't know if you can hear this in the background. They are screaming for Handle because he's not in the booth right now. Handle on the news might start now. just walked up in front of my window and gave me two fingers and said twice remember we had to play this yesterday well it, it could be worse where do you think he is uh, i have an idea okay he's he's here i oh, saw he's him this physically morning. in the building physically and his voice is okay from what i understand oh no kidding good because it was a little scratchy by the end yeah. of yesterday yeah. he's coming he's surly as oh, usual of course he is and he's annoyed that we're talking about him. Right. What's he carrying? A bag of sun chips? Bag of sun chips, yeah. You know, the damn machine isn't working. Oh, See, again? I'm getting, I'm getting a, a bag of chips from uh, the machine down the hall. You're you know, all little 7-Eleven. <laughs> and um, it's, it's not working. So yesterday, it was the fact that they had not stalled, uh, installed a bathroom close enough for you. Today, it's that the machine isn't yeah, working. Yeah. This building is just out to get you. It's just, it's horrible. It's wow. absolutely horrible. Continuous. So what I did is I grabbed the bag anyway, and I'll pay for it later. Oh, so you you are on I stole camera right now as a thief. Right now I'm I'm a thief. Yeah, wow. right this moment I'll uh, pay for it later. You're eating potato chips at six in the morning. Yeah, actually they're sun chips. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was just hungry and I didn't want my. Never mind. All right. Uh, good morning, everybody. Handle here. Yes, and, you are. Yes, I am. Uh, Jennifer Finally. Jones Lee. Good morning. Hi, Handel. And uh, Mo Kelly. Good morning. Good morning. Mo is here. And it looks like tour till the end of the week, right? I have no idea. It's a it's a day by day thing. Do we know if it's a civil trial or a criminal trial? Well, he can't tell us that right now. Oh yeah, no, he can tell us whether it's criminal or civil. That's easy. I get the sense from the text messages that it's criminal. I may be wrong, but that I that's the sense that I yeah. get. Yeah, no, he can tell us that. You just can't talk about the case. Right. He can be generally, he can, you know, he can say he's an alternate, for example. Uh, I'm assuming he told us he's an yes. alternate. Yeah, he told yeah, us. Yeah, he can say that. You just can't get into the specifics. All right. Uh, there is Alex. Good morning. And uh, John Ramirez. Good morning to you. Morning. All right. Uh, we're waiting for the volcano in Hawaii to explode. Uh, we're going to do Volcano Watch today. Uh, big story about assisted suicide. Uh, I can't believe that a Riverside judge overturned uh, the... You can kill yourself law here in California. And we'll talk about that. It's a stupid technicality, which made no sense. All right. Uh, we've got a lot going on. So let's get right into it, if you don't mind. Can I give you this sort of breaking news? Sure. The Senate committee has just released the transcripts on the 2016 Trump Tower meeting. That was the one that had Manafort and Kushner and Donald Trump Jr. And we are just getting the first headline coming out of it. And all this really is from Associated Press is that uh, so far, we know that Donald Trump Jr. told the Senate panel he couldn't remember when he had discussed the Russia investigation with his father. Okay. Wow. Really? Yeah. Are you crunching on the radio? No, I'm crunching on potato chips. Are sun chips potato chips? Really? Well, not really. They're sort of potato e chips. I think they're corn chips of some kind. Yeah. But they're very good. We could tell. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, there you go. Okay, I'm swallowing. You know, oh, Robin's and then that call. I know. Uh, and then there, no, she won't actually. Oh, she's she won't. Give, no, she's given up. <laughs> she, she has totally given up. She doesn't even bother anymore. Truly, you've beaten her into submission, yeah, metaphorically. She, she doesn't even bother anymore. Honest to God. Uh, also, 
This business between Laurel and Yanni. Oh, yeah. So uh, you ready for it? Yeah. What do you hear? Okay, ready? We'll do a little go around here. Laurel. 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 All right. Uh, uh, my question is, who the hell hears Yanni on that? Me. I hear Yanni. You hear Yanni? And so does Mo. Where is the Yanni part of Laurel? She just played it. Laurel. Right there. Laurel. Right there. Laurel. Right there. <laughs> All right. What about this? What about when we drop the pitch, which slows it, but when we drop it, what do you guys hear? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Paul is yeah. dead. <laughs> All right. What about... Come on, really? What'd you hear, Handel? Paul is dead. Okay, what you about... Know, when you slow it way down, but... what did I just say? You see, that's the whole point. I'll tell you what you said. That's exactly it. What about this? I'm going to raise it. Laurel. That we're back to Laurel. Laurel again. Laurel. I still hear Yanni, Mo. I don't get it. I don't get it. Mo, All what'd right. you hear? I, I hear Lana Ural. Okay. Lana Ural? Yes. That's better. Okay. Let's do it, guys. Lead story. Aliso Viejo, uh, Aliso Viejo explosion yesterday in a medical office building. One person dead, uh, two, uh, three people injured. And what the authorities are saying, and they're being very close-lipped about this, what the authorities are saying is it looks like it was an explosive device that was put in. Uh, has it been confirmed? No. So you've got a lot of media outlets who are saying that they think it was intentional. But here's the thing. If it wasn't intentional, then it just seems odd that investigators would have asked for the ATF, the FBI, and Homeland Security to respond. Unless they were able to prove because there was construction going on in that area. You don't know if it's a gas line. They have not eliminated anything. They haven't eliminated anything. But they did. I think they were also, can't we infer that there was enough to make them think, you know what, we should bring in these outside agencies. That makes sense. Because yeah. if it were, if it was mainly kind of sort of a gas explosion, I think they would have known by now. Right. They would have said uh, natural gas so or something, something, something in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, a judge, as you just mentioned, a judge has overturned California's right to die law. And I am going to talk about this at 7 o'clock because the judge's decision, although it is understandable, is so fundamentally flawed. And it's how we look at death and the doctor's role in death. Now, didn't the opponents in this case, though, claim that the legislature violated state law only because this law was passed during a special session and on health care issues? That's the entire point, is dying part of health care. That is exactly the point, and it's the way the doctors look at health care, and we're going back to the Hippocratic Oath mm -hmm. or the Hypocritical Oath, and we are, and I'll talk more about that at 7, because this is one of the things that I've been talking about for years, and I am fanatic about uh, the, uh, the right to die, assisted suicide. Summit interruptus. North Korea threatens to pull out of the Trump-Kim summit over denuclearization demands. I That's Kim very good. Yeah. Okay, there's another one that takes uh, some splaining and some uh, philosophical approach. You kind of knew it might have gone down this way, if only because it was clear what the U.S. wanted. But North Korea, they uh, made some accommodations as far as releasing yeah. hostages. They were going to ask for something. Right. And the only <laughs> thing the United States has done is say, we'll meet. Oh, by the way, here are the preconditions. Right. And here's what we want. Uh, and it really isn't about negotiating. It's about what we want. 
I think the United States blew it on this one. I, I really do. They could have done a, a several things, and they didn't. But North Korea seems, or Kim Jong-un's, all bent out of shape because South Korea and the U.S. are still doing their military well, exercises that they do every year. I understand, that but that's my— weeks ago, he said but, he was okay with. Yeah, but that—no, he didn't say. As a matter he, of fact— he what he didn't do is complain about it this time. I thought he I thought he was. I didn't say I don't know. I don't think he said it's okay. Well, not that. No, he didn't. Yeah, say Yeah, but at it's what okay, point? And like, eh, we're well, going to talk fine. more about this. At what point does the United States and South Korea simply hold off this time around on the exercise, just as a gesture of goodwill? No, we don't do goodwill. Now, Kim Jong Un, whether it's legitimate or not in terms of his long range plans. Shut down uh, his ballistic missile testing, shut down the nuclear testing, uh, has uh, is destroying an entire base for testing and research. Now, it may not mean anything, but symbolism is tremendous. Wouldn't it be nice for symbolism to have uh, occurred here with the United States and South Korea simply saying, hey, you know what, because we have this summit coming, why don't we just not do this? Because it may piss off Kim Jong-un like he's been pissed off every single time. So we'll talk more about that. All right, we'll come back, and then your chance to win $1,000. Jennifer. All right, KFI handle here. It is a Wednesday, May 16th. First, we start with your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. And if you do win, you're going to get a call from a number you don't recognize, so you've got to pick it up or they'll move on to somebody else. Your chance to win happens every hour Monday through Friday, starting at 5 o'clock with Wake Up Call all the way through the Conway Show at 7 o'clock at night. All right, back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones Lee, Mo in for Wayne this week, who's on jury duty, and me. And he is the Indiana Jones of spirituality. Did you see that interview yesterday? I didn't see it. This crazy guy, Jonathan Allen, he's a, he was the one that was arrested for the torture of and the abuse of his kids, those 10 kids that were found in uh, that house. In Northern California, yeah. Where, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's, he, he gives an interview from jail. He's behind uh, a glass. Uh, he's behind a door that has, you know, a glass panel with all of uh, the wire through it. And he said, uh, I'm a great guy. All of that is a lie. Uh, they've brainwashed my kids. There is no evidence whatsoever of burns or torture. None. Even though there's the pictures. I mean, just bizarre. And his family and his wife is saying, we're terrific, we're wonderful. Uh, we, the reason the house was torn apart is because we were looking for our son who was missing. Well, how about the feces on the floor that was just stacked oh. up in the bathroom? The rotten food that, everywhere. Not true. Just not true. Wow. It's not there. It's all a lie. Uh, really strange. Either delusional. I mean, if he believes that, totally mentally ill delusional. Or I don't know where he's going with this. I don't know what they can do. It's, but they're they're all in. Chips in the center as far as this defensive. No, it, 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 did, it didn't happen. I'm not. It, yeah. was, it was not me. You know, back we go to yesterday. Yeah. It isn't me. Uh, okay. Very strange. And he called himself the Indiana Jones of spirituality. Incidentally, what does that mean? 
I don't no, even I know. I don't either. I mean, I don't think in terms of Indiana Jones and spirituality, the two don't really mm-hmm. connect. No. Anyhow, moving on. LAPD officer has been arrested on suspicion of sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. That's the sound of the police. Yeah, this one's brutal. He goes to a friend's house. They runs late. Another cop. Another cop. Has yes. a 13-year-old daughter. The friend says, why don't you spend the night? Because it's late. And uh, he's alleged he's been accused. Matter of fact, uh, he's been arrested uh, on suspicion of going into her room. In the middle of the night and assaulting her, 13 years old. Not to get too graphic, but they're talking about sexual penetration by a foreign object. Yeah, they always tend to do that. Uh, And uh, for some reason. That's very vague, but also that's, wow. I know, but there's so many of those when you think about it. Inevitably, uh, I would bet, what, 50% when we do the news on this sort of stuff is is penetration by a foreign object. It's disgusting. Right. All right, well, uh, Orange an Orange County uh, Global Medical Center in Santa Ana has been given the all clear following a call about a guy with a gun. And there was no gun. Nope. It was just a call. Yeah, and it was an internal call. And it was a couple months ago that I guess the medical center had undergone some training about, like, if this kind of situation had happened. So, Hey, what do you do with uh, someone who makes a call? And there is nobody there or there's nothing there. And you want to make it a criminal violation to put people in for years for doing that. Because not only is the place locked down, the resources that are used, SWAT comes out. Uh, I mean, just hundreds of cops and officials come out and it just disrupts everything. And so it's easy to say, that's it. You're done. It's five years in jail for doing that. Uh, but then you come back and I'm thinking all the different ways of prosecuting. What if that person did it in good faith? Yeah, they legitimately thought, especially they saw, in this day and age. Right. Uh, well, uh, I wouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt. I'd throw them in jail. I think there's a there's reason you can find either. I mean, you don't have to throw them in jail, but you can see if there's any validity to the call. Well, not what if someone in good faith uh, hears something drop, you know, a book drop right, in the next room, boom, and it's, it says it's a gunshot. That's why uh, you can never give these people the benefit of the doubt. Ever. Ever, ever? Ever, ever. Uh, it's just too it's too expensive. Let's get let's just move on if we can. Uh Jennifer Jones Lee, would you like to take it from here? Uh sure, but it's Mo's story. No, I think you meant the news. The news. Oh, you want me to go yeah, to the that news? Was, that I was, can do that too. That, no, that was my fault. No, it was my bad. All right, KFI handle here on a Wednesday morning. Reminding you to please help donate uh, to help the American Red Cross, the initiative Get Prepare California. It's a $400 donation. And for that, you and a guest enjoy cocktails and appetizers with the KFI hosts and crew, plus unlimited sky slide rides during a very exclusive evening at the OUE Sky Space in downtown LA. It's a thousand foot building, you have to be 21. 100% 100% of the proceeds will benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. Limited tickets. Go to KFIAM640.com, and the keyword is Mixer. Back we go. More handle on the news. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Mo Kelly in for Wayne, and me. We remember what happened at the Palmdale High School last week. Well, the 14-year-old involved has been charged with attempted murder. How can you do that? How can you do that? 
to a juvenile facility. And uh, not much. I think they get out at 25, come hell or high water. Don't uh, people in juvenile facilities? Yeah, not sure. Well, they're not, evidently, they're not charging him as an adult. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. They, I don't think, uh, I don't know if in California you can even charge a 14-year-old as an adult. I don't know, but he has two counts of attempted murder, yeah, six lovely. counts of assault, and, a, and an ass, with an assault weapon and one count of possessing a firearm in a school zone. Yeah. Well, a Glendale police detective has been arrested on suspicion of lying to federal investigators. Wait till you hear about what. Apparently, this cop would, he's accused of tipping off gangsters about upcoming raids and accepting bribes and might have ties to the Mexican mafia and Armenian organized crime. He's only been charged with lying to authorities. And, but the accusations, if you uh, go through this story, are incredible. Oh, yeah. It goes on and on where he effectively became uh, a front man for the mafia and uh, organized crime in uh, the Armenian community. And he was the Glendale PD spokesman I know, for a while. Go figure. And so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know. Plain sight. I, I, even, I didn't even know the two were connected. I should have known because uh, there are enough uh, Mexican criminals who have hairy arms. So I should have known that there's a connection between the two. Okay. We're going to just let that breathe for a moment. Uh, Let's move on, please. A new law would give more money for prosecuting cold cases like the Golden State Killer. The Justice Served Act passed by the U.S. House of Representatives. Yesterday, by 377 to 1 vote, I want to know who that one person who voted nay yeah. would mandate that 5 to 7% of the money used by the Department of Justice for testing rape kits would go toward prosecutors investigating cold cases. Now, it's, it's not additional money. It's 5% of the existing money that's used to uh, yes. effectively use uh, the DNA testing, the testing kit. So they're taking away 5 to $6 million, and there isn't enough money to begin with. So it's just juggling money. It's uh, taking from Peter to pay Paul, and it's just a question of priorities. And I wish there was more money there, but there's no more money to spend. Maybe if we spent just a little bit less on defense. Well, that has very little to do. Is this federal grant money? It seems that way. Uh, Just serve. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Federal grant money. Yep. And by the way, you guys, I'm just getting in my ear that a Senate committee has just uh, recommended Gina Haspel for CIA director. Oh, yeah. We knew she was going to pass. Foregone. Yep. Yeah, there were a couple of Democrats that already flipped. And usually this stuff is along party lines. I mean, that's what it is. And to argue that Gina Haspel did not have the credentials, was not qualified, is just stupid. Especially when you look at it in hindsight. Because uh, there was waterboarding uh, back then. It was subsequent to 9 11 where they started these programs, find out who these bad guys were. And, oh, you couldn't have done that. You should have known. You should have not. Uh, I guess you should have resigned. You should have immediately quit and gone to the authorities and have the the people that you worked with arrested. I mean, what do you do with that? Oh, yeah, and it seemed like all Democrats were waiting for her to hear, at least the two that flipped yesterday, was all she said was, like she acknowledged that the enhanced interrogation was wrong. And then they were like, oh, okay, in that case, you're good. Yeah, and you're fine. And she wouldn't say whether it worked or not. That's the point. Oh, she was equivocal about that uh, because what if it worked? And uh, the, the based on what she said, I think it did. She can't say it worked, therefore it was good. 
what she had to say. It's morally wrong, and, and, well, we don't think it works. Well, does it work? Well, we know that we got information. I'm quite sure there's a lot of stuff that we do is morally wrong, especially in the interrogation. Yeah, I don't think there's combatants. a lot morally wrong with, with, uh, with people that terrorize, that uh, kill thousands of people. And this was 9-11 folks, too. I don't, uh, and now, now there's no, I don't think there's really a moral line when it comes to that sort of stuff. But then again, I'm hugely in favor of the death penalty. Oh, there's a moral line we cross. No, we don't. Eh, kill the bastards. All right, uh, we've got volcano news. Yeah, red alert. I don't know where I'm going to go when a volcano goes. I guess they had 34 earthquakes over the last 24 hours. And that has helped to raise the alert level from orange to red in Hawaii. For the most part, though, this is an aviation alert, they say, just because the ash, the cloud of ash that is coming up from Kilauea is just so big. They're telling planes, don't even come near this place. Hot rocks. Hot rocks. Are flying through the air. Well, I guess they say, though, if this does actually erupt, they if it, if the lava hits the water table, that they say that we could have, like, truck-size boulders that are shot up into the air. I mean... That is not going to be particularly dangerous because that will happen at the volcano itself. And people are way, way aware from that. From right. The scary part is there are fissures that are forming 20 miles away, and they don't know where they're coming up. That's the problem. So uh, it's, you don't want to be there. Yeah, this is not a good time to vacation. It really isn't. All right, uh, take a break, come back, and we'll finish it all up. Handle on the news, Jennifer Jones. Handle here. It is a Wednesday morning. Some of the big stories that we're covering. Uh, The volcano... uh, in Hawaii is about to blow up and uh, the uh, doctor assisted suicide law uh, is uh, been overturned by a judge and why the judge is I think out of his mind and also wrong legally and I'll explain that later on so let's go ahead and uh, finish up handle on the news Jennifer Jones Lee and Mo Kelly in for Wayne and me speaking of legal issues the Ninth Circuit is still hearing arguments on DACA This is a little wonky, and uh, the appeals has to do with, does the government have a right to end DACA? And you would think so. However, there's a due process issue, and that is, uh, and also a deal made with DACA, here's what we are going to do for you if you promise to do A, B, and C. And now uh, the government is reneging, and so does the government have a right to say no, change its mind, uh, or does uh, the government, uh, or, well, does the government have the power arbitrarily? And the argument on the other side is no, it doesn't. It has to do, again, it's basically the same lawsuit as uh, the Affordable Care uh, the affordable care Program. And that is how far does the government have a right to deal with all this and make its own decisions? So uh, everything's a lawsuit. All right. Well, the Department of Homeland Security, I guess this could be a lawsuit, too. It's defending separating migrant families at the border during hearings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen who said that this new policy that would refer everybody caught crossing the border illegally for prosecution, even if they say, hey, I've got kids, 
Well, she says, look, we're going to separate them from their kids. But this happens every day in criminal courts. Right. And that's and that's true. But that's the administration saying that it's effectively the same act criminally that trying to cross the border and even claiming asylum is the same as as holding a gun to someone's head and give me all your money. It's kind of a strange combination. But they are, it already has the authority to do all this, and it does separate kids. But this is just they're going to separate kids for a longer period of time. They're going to do more of it. And uh, the argument is that the rougher we are, the stronger the argument is that they're not going to come. If they know it's going to be tough, if they know they're going to be separated, if they know they're going to have this kind of a grief, fewer people will come. They're saying breaking the law is breaking the law yeah. no matter what. That's It's just a different way of looking at immigration. You know, we've talked about this before. And there's no secret here. The president was elected based on that. So who's shocked? Shouldn't be shocked. No, not at all. That was his, that, that's his promise. Yeah. Okay. And along those lines, ICE is ramping up their workplace arrests for immigration violations. You're as cold as ice. You're and that's the law, too. And it has been the reason that no one has been nailed because you have the Obama administration uh, and uh, the George W. Bush administration, the Clinton administration simply saying, you know what? We're not going to nail employers. You know how many employers were nailed in the last few years? But there are two sides to this bill. They're talking about nailing the employers as well as the illegal immigrants who are in the workplace. Yeah, absolutely. It's against the law across the board. Yeah. And it is illegal, and you have, it's up to a $10,000 fine for an employer who hires illegal aliens. And you know how many people have been nailed? How many companies have been nailed with a $10,000 fine or anything close to it? Like four. Zero! It, that's going to change. You watch. Well, we were talking about this a minute ago. Looks like Gina Haspel's stance where she said, yeah, that whole you know interrogation thing that we did, that was probably bad. Looks like that's pushing her through. Yeah. I don't think that's pushing her through. That was the argument against her, but we knew she was going to be pushed through. You knew she was going to get pushed through, but it just seemed that the two two Democrats yesterday who said, okay, we will go ahead and side with you. I just felt like they needed to hear her say those words. I'm sorry. It was wrong. I won't do it again. Yes. Uh, Promise, cross my heart, hope to die. And uh, it was, although she had her uh, she had her fingers crossed behind her back. Oh, did you see that too? Oh, yes, she did. Uh-huh. She was playing just hard to get. Uh, yes, <laughs> she was. And of all the people that would be qualified to run the CIA, she's probably at the top of the list. And it really should do more with qualification. advice. And, but the problem is advice and consent of the Senate means no one knows what that means. It's in the Constitution, and it's never been defined. They got the, the consent say. part. Yeah. The consent part, certainly. But what's the advice part? They have say and final say. Uh, in the end, they have yeah. say and final say. That is absolutely correct. Okay, we're done. We're going to go to that su- assisted suicide law that one judge has overturned. And it has to, uh, there's a little bit of wonkiness. There's a little legal issue to this, but it is a moral issue that is so fundamental. And how we look at assisted suicide. And we'll do that when we come back. This is KFI AM 640. 
Welcome, uh, 6.40. Bill Handel here on a Wednesday morning. Uh, some of the top news that we're covering. Uh, Hawaii volcanoes about to explode explode any time. Uh, Kim Jong-un may be pulling out of uh, the talks coming up on the 12th of June. So uh, we've got a lot going on today. All right. Uh, yesterday, a Riverside County judge overturned California's physician-assisted suicide law. And it gives the state AG, state attorney general, five days to file an appeal. Only five days, which is, please, come on. Obviously, this judge does not like the law. This is one of the few cases where there is a technicality, but it's way beyond a technicality. I've talked many times about how laws are overturned or laws are passed or applied based on little tiny bits of interpretation. And that is, it's a technicality. And it doesn't, it's not far-reaching. It's a technicality. This one is the same, but it is very far-reaching. And this has to do with the physician-assisted suicide law here in the state of California. And under the law, you have the right to kill yourself or have a doctor prescribe uh, drugs that kill you. You have to do it yourself. And there are a bunch of rules. You have to do it to two different doctors, and you have to have only six months to live. And the reality is very few people take advantage of it because it's so damn difficult to do. Matter of fact, the first six months that the law was in effect, 100 people made use of it. 100. And most of those had cancer. That seems to be the majority. Well, here's what the judge said. And here's the technical part. That the California legislature violated the law when they passed the End of Life Option Act. Why? Because that session in which it was passed was dedicated to health care issues. Therefore, a law about killing yourself is not part of health care, a health care issues session. And therein lies the issue. The big, big issue. And that is the argument, is a doctor helping you die part of health care? Which I say absolutely. Because part of life is death. And I believe doctors have the duty not only to cure you, but also to help you die when life becomes so untenable and unbearable, it's simply the doctor doing a humane thing in his or her job as a physician. Does not a doctor have the duty to make you feel comfortable and load you with drugs while you're dying? Of course. Palliative care, of course. Why would not a doctor, why would you not want a doctor to help you die and saying that's part of your taking care of me, doc? Well, now we get into the moral part of it, right? And that is, your life is so sacrosanct, doctors have no business helping to end. We're here to cure, we're not here to kill. Well, when curing is no longer an option, and uh, killing you is, to most people, a humane thing to do, and you want to die because you're in pain, please help me. Nope. Nope, because I believe life is so sacrosanct that I will not be involved. Well, first of all, life is not that sacrosanct. There are plenty of lives out there that are just not worth a damn. Most of you. Me, for example, 
And I hate the idea that you tell me that my life is so sacrosanct, I can't ask for help in killing myself. Who the hell are you to make that decision for me? I mean, I have no decision uh, telling you your life is crap, but I'm not going to tell you what you're going to do with it. It's none of my business. As long as you're not spending my tax dollars and as long as you're not hurting anybody, hey, knock, go ahead, knock your socks off, kill yourself, enjoy. Matter of fact, let's put it on pay-per-view. I'd pay some money. I'd be there. It's entertaining. 60 Minutes actually did a story on that, and they got into a lot of trouble where it was assisted suicide. And on video, in the segment of 60 Minutes, there was a guy who took the medication and died right on camera. Terrific ratings. I mean, just did really well that night, 60 Minutes. People like, you know, they kind of enjoy watching that. But beyond that, the moral issue, and it goes right to that issue, and that is, should doctors help patients end their lives? The only problem with this law is it makes it so difficult to do that that only a few hundred people a year actually qualify. How many people do you think in California who are dying of cancer who are dying of whatever terminal disease, who have been so injured that they say, this is not worth it. It is not worth the pain anymore. I'm ready to give up. Please help me. Nope. Absolutely not. Because I have decided that your life is so valuable that I'm going to make sure we're going to use, and incidentally, the resources that are used to keep people alive the last month of their lives are astronomical. And then it's a question of quality of life. And you know, we all say, please put me down if I ever get to that point. I want to check out. Well, I've got news for you. By the time you reach that point, you're past deciding whether you want to check out or not. My mom, case in point, right now, she told me time and time again, uh, if I ever reach the point uh, where I'm no longer able to function, please uh, help me die. Well, my mother is now a paperweight. And that's what she is. She's sitting in a bed at a boarding care uh, where she is not, there's no cognition. Uh, She doesn't know what's going on. She sleeps all day. And the cost of her care, I cannot tell you how many kids you can feed with the cost of keeping her alive. Of course, we have no choice. And by the time she, well, she she was never eligible for uh, the assisted uh, dying law, ever. Because they won't tell her that she had six months to live. And she doesn't. She's going to be 95. And I'm now booking the room for her 100th birthday. All right. So anyway, I think that law is going to be overturned. Uh, or that decision is going to be overturned. Uh, the assisted suicide law, it, it is legitimate under the circumstances. All right. We're going to come back. And now we're going to talk about the appeals court hearing the DACA arguments. That's going on right now. And your chance to win 1000 KFI handle here on a uh, Wednesday. Uh, here's your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
Text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's cash to 200-200. And if you do win, you're going to get a call from a number you don't recognize, so you've got to pick it up or they'll move on to somebody else. Your chance to win happens every hour Monday through Friday, starting at 5 o'clock with Wake Up Call all the way through the Conway Show at 7 o'clock at night. All right, back we go. Handle here. Uh, the big stories we're covering, the Hawaii volcano. We're basically just waiting for it to explode. It's imminent. And uh, one of the other stories, North Korea threatening to pull out of the talks on June 12th between Kim Jong-un and the president. And uh, that's we'll do, I'll do more on that at 730. In the meantime, uh, here's what's going on with the DACA program. Boy, talk about controversial. Uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, has heard arguments, uh, heard arguments yesterday as to whether the DACA program or ending the DACA program uh, would be illegal. Now, there have been a couple of courts uh, around the country that said, yep, can't end it. You have to keep on going. Uh, You have uh, the Ninth Circuit now. Uh, They're going to decide. And then, of course, it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And so uh, what is the attack? Well, the attack on the president stopping DACA is that it is illegal. Uh, It's not going to pass constitutional muster. The judges, the three-judge panel, two appointed by President Obama, one by President Clinton, were skeptical of both sides. So you don't know which way it's going to go. And the big issue here is, does the Trump administration have to have a legitimate reason? Does the Trump administration have to justify its decision to end DACA. Some judges have said, yes, you can't just arbitrarily end this program. You have to give a reason for having it in the first place or having or or canceling it in the first place. There has to be some reasoning behind it. And if it's so arbitrary, you can't do it. You can't cancel The other side of the argument is, wait a minute, this is a presidential order. And the executive branch enforces DACA. The executive branch made the decision to create DACA. Why can't the executive branch now say it's over? Well, because the argument is, and a couple of judges have said, well, because you have to give some basis for ending it. Well, here's the issue. And that is, do they simply have to give some base? And on the other side of the argument is, wait a minute, you know, the executive has the authority. And the courts are very leery of not letting an executive order continue on, whether it's pro or con. The courts give great deference to a presidential decree and what the president does. And a decision to stop a program has to be so crazy-ass, so arbitrary, so out of its mind that the judges can come in and say, no. But it takes that level. And so if there is any rationale, even if the judges totally disagree, if there is any rationale at all, 1%, then the courts should allow and do allow the president to make his own decision. Why? Well, we go back to, is the court an activist court? Is it really a legislative body? 
or as conservatives say, you know what? All it does is interpret the law as to constitutionality or not. And the decision by the president to say, I think DACA is a risk almost under any reasoning other than, uh, I don't know, I just hate people because they're Hispanic. Uh, I think that people coming over the border, I just want to stop them for no reason whatsoever. And, And by the way, for no reason whatsoever may fly. Does the president have to justify his actions under the law? No, I don't think so. What he can't do is uh, issue an order that is unconstitutional. And that's what screwed him up on the travel ban. Because he had said enough about Muslims and stopping Muslims that the courts just said, okay, if he had just said these countries I feel are more of a risk than other countries, even if it's not particularly legitimate and it made no sense, that would have flown. But you can't throw around the magic religious basis. That you can't do. And no president can do that. DACA is not about race, religion, creed. It's about a group of people that are in this country illegally. And the executive branch says, that's enough. My opinion, I think uh, the appeals court is going to go in favor of uh, the president and the administration. That's my take on it. Coming up, North Korea threatens to cancel the summit. I'm going to blame the U.S. on this one. I really am. Right there. And I'll explain why. KFI. But you can lay with me so it doesn't hurt. Oh, won't you stay with Handle here on a Wednesday. Some of the top stories we're covering. Uh, and this is developing uh, the Russia transcripts. What happened at that meeting and we're just uh, getting more and more information. The big news is ju- what Donald Trump Jr. Uh, had said, what was coming out of that. Also, uh, the Hawaii volcano is about to explode. And uh, hot rocks flying in the air. Molten lava. Very visually interesting whenever you see that. Uh, not for the people that are there. That's so much fit, not visually interesting, but for us it is. Okay, uh, the latest on North Korea. Yesterday, uh, Kim Jong-un did an about turn. About face, And he said, uh, first of all, he canceled the meeting today, high-level meetings with South Korea. And he said that the June, the upcoming June 12th summit meeting with the uh, our president it can be canceled. Don't know yet. He's now considering pulling out. Uh, and why? Well, uh, sorry. there are two reasons that he is giving. Uh, One of them is uh, the exercises, the scheduled annual uh, exercises with South Korea where they practice bombing the hell out of North Korea. And these just have gone on forever. They go on every year. They're live uh, ammunition exercises. I mean, they're a big deal. And every single year when they come out, uh, North Korea says this is a provocation. This is a declaration of war from America and South Korea upon us, and we will retaliate, and uh, we will instantly come back. You, uh, in fact, if you uh, go ahead with these exercises, that means that you're attacking us, and we'll attack right back. It's yada, 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 yada. It's always the same thing. Now, the other reason he gave uh, is 
that uh, John Bolton, who is our ambassador to the UN, or excuse me, our national security advisor, or in this case, the president's national security advisor, uh, is adamant, as well as Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, saying that we want complete nuclearization. That's it. We want uh, North Korea to give up its nuclear program and get rid of its nuclear weaponry. Just get rid of it. Done. Finished. Well, I mean, that is our position. But going into negotiations, saying, that's it. We're done. We finished negotiations because that's our position. That's not negotiation. Now, that's our goal. Certainly, that's what the administration and I think the American people want. But that's at the end of negotiation. And here is what I here's where I think the United States blew it on this one. And that is going forward with the exercises. Well, it's already scheduled. Well, we've already done it. The North Koreans knew that it was happening. So what? I mean, let's talk about a gesture. Whether it means anything or not, let's talk about a gesture. North Korea, Kim Jong-un, gesture, uh, releases three prisoners. Now, the fact that he kidnapped them in the first place just for this doesn't uh, alter the fact that he did release them. Remember Otto Warmbier? Didn't release them. And so, I mean, it's a little bit cynical that he did that, but it happened. And anticipate, and he did it in anticipation of the summit. And then you have him destroying that one nuclear facility. The ballistic missile testing, the research facility, this entire uh, uh, city that dealt with the nuclear weaponry. And the tunnels, etc. wipes them out. Does that really mean anything? Well, to a lot of military observers and the anti-Kim Jong-un people, it means nothing. He has plenty. He already has his weaponry. It's done. And therefore, nothing is given up. Although, not testing is a fairly big deal because we still test. Matter of fact, last test we did in a ballistic missile was a couple of months ago with a Trident submarine. So whether it means anything or not, it is a gesture. The United States, the only gesture we have done is just simply agree to a meeting. And the meeting that we've agreed to, according to Bolton, is we're not even really talking to you unless you give up all of your weaponry. Then we'll start talking. That's not a summit. That's not a meeting. If it doesn't go our way, so be it. Even the president said, you know what? If it's going south, I'm just going to get up. I'm going to politely excuse myself and walk out the door. And so here's the question. And that is assuming that it's all going to go south. Assuming that it is all crap. Assuming that the North Koreans are lying through their teeth. And all of this is posturing, and it is simply a negotiations in the hopes that North Korea gets all of this financial help. And it really has to give up nothing. Because I, it's, I think it's fair to say that's their position. That's where they're coming from. Because they're pretty savvy. Uh, they're pretty savvy negotiators. I mean, North Korea is certainly not stupid. Assuming all of that is true, aren't we better off talking than not talking? I mean, in the end, 
you're sitting across from someone and you're talking. Let's find some area of commonality. If we can't go 100%, can we go 5%? Is not 5% better than no percent? That's where I think we blew it. The United States and South Korea could have simply said, we're not going to do the exercises this time around as a gesture. We're not going to insist as a precondition you give up everything. We'll talk about it. You know, let's start. All right, coming up. Illegal immigrants, uh, immigrant children held on military bases. It's happened before, but boy, has that been expanded. KFI AM 16. KFI Handle here on a Wednesday. Some of the big stories that we're covering. Uh, North Korea threatened to pull out of the talks, although I don't think that's going to happen. There's a lot uh, to that. Uh, yesterday, a Riverside County Court judge overturned California's physician-assisted suicide law uh, and just was dead wrong on uh, the legal reasoning, and I did that earlier. And uh, Hawaii, it's about to explode. Volcano is on its way to just blowing its top. All right, uh, I'm going to uh, want to talk a minute about uh, another spin on this entire illegal uh, alien business where the administration is going balls to the wall to try to uh, certainly curtail, if not totally stop, anybody from coming over, coming over to the border who uh, does not have a visa, who is not entering legally. And uh, the, incidentally, it's impossible. You hear the administration say, well, uh, then all they have to do is come over legally. We're fine with people coming over legally. You cannot come over legally from Mexico, Central, South America. It is just impossible. So what they're asking people to do, you might as well uh, high jump 14 feet. Why not? Or uh, let's say uh, you have to live on Mars. I mean, it's that bad. So that argument doesn't hold water at all. All right, so let me give you a stat. And I think this is important as to what the administration is doing. Uh, Five years ago, families with children, unaccompanied minors, illegal people, made up about 10% of the border crossings. So five years ago, 10%. Today, unaccompanied minors and families with kids account for 40% of those either here in the United States or trying to cross the border. So we talk about separating families well that's true and we've always separated families because that's simply the way it rolls kids are taken away from their parents for the most part and then put into uh, a facility where they're given schooling and where they're giving given medical care where they get jungle gyms and balls to play with uh, they have people there who uh, try to make as as, as comfortable uh, a, a period of time that they're staying there, an internment, if you want to call it that. And then the agency is looking for people who can grab those kids. And so uh, people show up, potential sponsors, and they conduct uh, background checks on folks. And in 85% of the cases, the children are released to uh, a parent who's already in the United States or a sponsor or a family member And uh, children spend an average of 45 days in the government's care. Well, what the government is doing is want to extend that. They're going to spend longer time 
the vetting is going to be more. And they want to open up military bases. Oh, my goodness. Are you actually going to put them in military bases? Well, they're already in military bases. As a matter of fact, under the Obama administration, uh, there was a period of several months in which the kids were put in, mili- in on military bases in their own centers. So according to uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, they take care of these kids. Uh, the In a statement, said that they routinely evaluate the needs and the capacity. Uh, there's an existing network's about, uh, network of about 100 shelters in 14 states, which are now at 91% capacity. And all we're doing is anticipating and making preparations to hold more immigrant kids in those facilities because there's going to be more of them because this administration, and there's no secret here, this administration has made it absolutely clear. If you are illegal, you will be picked up. Jeff Sessions, the government will take extraordinary measure of filing criminal charges against anyone who crosses the border illegally, including parents traveling with their kids. Which means adults are going to be held in immigration jails to await court dates. Children are sent into foster care and they're taken care of uh, health and human services until such time as a sponsor can be found or a family member. Now, keep in mind, 85% of those kids do get out of those detention centers. And the average is 45 days in the government's care. It's going to go longer. It's going to be harder for sponsors to get hold of those kids. And it's no surprise. It's simply the philosophy of this administration. That's it. No surprise here. Oh, how can you be outraged? Hey, this administration was elected on the premise that it's going to make coming into this country or staying in this country illegally, it's going to be punitive. That's it. And the philosophy is, and it makes sense, too, because I don't buy that it's punitive because they're, because it's an immoral administration or that somehow the administration doesn't care about people. Uh, I, don't, I don't buy that because I think the administration is filled with people and most people are pretty moral people. There aren't that many that just hate people for being people. I think it has to do with truly believing that the borders have to be secure, truly believing that illegal aliens shouldn't be here in this country, And truly believing the more difficult it is to come in and to stay, a la separating kids away from parents, the more difficult it is, the fewer people are going to come into this country. Makes sense to me. Now, which way you go, that's a different issue. Because I believe that this is more a political issue. I don't think morality has a lot to do with it. Because once morality kicks in, then it is unlimited. Then the borders open up, you know, for example, uh, anybody who is arguing political oppression in, for example, El Salvador, uh, assuming that we don't make it as difficult as possible to make that argument in front of an immigration judge, make it almost impossible to, to have that argument fly, then just you might as well just open up the borders. That's all. Then we'll just have millions. Okay. And there are people that are fine with that. Not this administration. All right, coming up next, the politics behind the bullet train. 
And I want to ask you a question about all of these ads that you were hearing from all, particularly the governor, ads uh, uh, for those candidates running for governor. What is missing? What is something that is the biggest infrastructure program in the history of this country and no one's talking about it? Yeah, the bullet train. I'm going to talk about that coming up. KFI AM 640. But I know y'all wanted that 808. Can you feel that BASS? KFI handle here on a uh, Wednesday, May the 16th. Big stories that we're covering today, stories that are trending. The Russia transcripts, we're going to do uh, more about that probably tomorrow uh, because there is more information coming out about uh, Don uh, Donald Trump Jr., who was there at that meeting, uh, and it's uh, getting kind of interesting. North Korea uh, could abandon plans to uh, have Kim Jong-un and the president meet, and we've been covering that today, too. All right, now, we've been hearing commercials, seeing commercials mainly on TV. And I uh, look at TV every day, not only here at the station when uh, we're doing the show. Uh, I look at Fox. I look at CNN. I just love the different headlines they have uh, regarding the same story. And, of course, the commercials are going crazy. I watch a lot of cable at home. The commercials go crazy. And uh, the big commercials that we're hearing is about governor, the race for governor, because uh, it's it's a fun race. Gavin Newsom, you have Cox, uh, certainly Antonio Villaraigosa. What you're not hearing is any mention of the bullet train. Not in the ads, not on the campaign trail, not in the mailers that are coming out from both the Republican and Democratic Party as well as the campaign themselves. And the reason is there isn't jack they can do about it. How do you fix... A $77 billion project that has already overrun initial cost estimates by $44 billion. How do you fix that? Well, you tell me, because I certainly don't know. The next governor is going to inherit a financial storm on this one. Where do you find the money to bore tunnels under three mountain ranges? Where do you find the money to develop these passages that have to uh, be dealt with. Now, the only good news is the project is not at the threshold of needing an immediate tomorrow solution because this thing isn't supposed to open till 2033. But every single analysis of this says that this cannot, not only will not, cannot work. New business plan approved by the State Railway Authority uh, yesterday. Uh, There's a uh, 2033 completion date. And other than it's a 2033 completion date, there isn't a word on how it can actually be executed. Matter of fact, based on this authority's own cost and schedule figures, meeting the deadline of 2033 would require spending $4.6 billion per year. That doesn't exist even. Over the past decade, three independent advisory panels, three legislative committees 
have told the rail authority that we don't have funding, it's uncertain, and we don't think this thing is going to work. And again, a few weeks ago, the Legislative Analyst's Office, nonpartisan, and uh, the state-appointed peer review committee told the legislature uh, that this is not viable. The project is not viable. So all the candidates were asked. These were interviews that were done by the L.A. Times. And all the candidates were asked about this. Not one candidate would answer, would sit down for an interview on this issue, and when interviewed said, I'm not going to talk about this, except Antonio Villaragosa. And he said, at least he talked about it, he discussed how he's going to fix the project and how the project would become an economic engine for the state. And exactly how would you do that, Governor-to-be Villaragosa? Well, I'll find private investigators that will plug the funding gap. Private investors? I mean, the ones that all said not a chance, no, not a dime in private uh, investment has come in from day one? Those private investors. The ones that won't touch this with a 10-foot pole. I'll find ways to streamline the building of this. I'll find ways to cut costs. And what exactly are, how exactly are you going to do this, Governor Villaragosa? I don't know, but I'm going to find ways to streamline it, and I'll find ways to cut it. And this is not a $50 million project either we're talking about. We're talking about, at this point, a $77 billion project, the biggest infrastructure project in the history of this state, and no one knows how this can be done. All we know is it's going to cost more money than we've ever spent on a project And you're not going to hear this talked about in this governor's race. It's just off the table. I mean, how important you think something like this is? You'd think you'd hold their feet to the fire about this. Gavin Newsom, what are you going to do about this? I don't want to talk about it. John Cox, what are you going to do about this? I don't want to talk about this. Villaragosa, what are you going to do about this? I'm going to make it better. I'm going to somehow figure out to get private money in there. Uh, But it's been tried and tried and tried. No one will touch it. I'll figure out how to do it. I mean, that's the answer. That's our next governor. Either won't talk about it, won't answer the question, have no viable answers for this thing at all. Other than, are you ready for this? Raising taxes to an extraordinary degree to make up what is no doubt going to be a $100 billion project, in my mind. All right, coming up, cheaper insurance. Remember the president said, uh, cheaper is better. I'm going to give you better insurance, cheaper insurance, as long as we repeal Obamacare. Well, let me give you the latest on that and your chance to win AM uh, 640, Bill Handel, uh, some of the big stories that we're covering uh, is uh, the Russia transcripts. Uh, What happened during that meeting uh, during the election with the Russians? Uh, We'll talk about that. A lot more coming out on that. 
and the Hawaii volcano is about to explode. But first, uh, here's your chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. And if you do win, you're going to get a call from a number you don't recognize, so you've got to pick it up or they'll move on to somebody else. Your chance to win happens every hour Monday through Friday, starting at 5 o'clock with Wake Up Call all the way through the Conway Show at 7 o'clock at night. All right. Uh, one of the things that I noticed um, is, uh, and I want to switch gears, uh, I'll end up doing uh, uh, the cheaper insurance plan probably uh, tomorrow or the day after, uh, is the big story coming out of the White House uh, has to do with that staffer either making a joke about John McCain dying anyway, as the White House says, uh, or uh, as many people believe, it was just a horrible, cruel thing to say. Don't know which way it is, but either way, the White House refuses to apologize uh, because this White House doesn't apologize. And uh, what ends up happening for both of the tractors and the uh, proponents, the pro-Trump people, is uh, they tend to take Donald Trump, who's a very co- fairly complicated person, and they look at him as a monolithic individual, and he's not. And I was thinking during the break as I was watching this uh, up on the TV as far as the apology. And, and Trump never apologizes, ever. I think he apologized sort of, kind of, when he made fun of the Khan family. You remember that? Uh, and I think he half apologized after the Hollywood Access tape. But other than that, there are no apologies whatsoever. And this one is having to deal with the vote in the Senate and the staffer in a meeting said, ah, McCain's going to die anyway, so it doesn't matter. I think it was with Haspel, uh, the confirmation of Haspel, a CIA director. And so it occurred to me that there are four Donald Trumps. And we don't do a good job of separating them out. One is the political Donald Trump, right? Tax reform, repeal of Obamacare, uh, border security, the wall, That's the political side of Donald Trump. Uh, Then there's the Donald Trump that just bounces all over the place. There's no solidity. He just shoots from the hip. He'll go from one to the other. Case in point, ZTE, the uh, Chinese uh, cell phone manufacturer. April, it's sanctions. They're terrible. They're taking away jobs from Americans. We'll never let Americans lose their jobs. A tweet two days ago. We have to save Chinese jobs. I mean, he just reverses himself. There's that Donald Trump. Then there's the liar Donald Trump. Just lies. Makes stuff up. Contradicts himself. And it's... I mean, I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen a president... And a lot of, you know, Obama's a liar because he promised one thing, he said another, he's going to close Gitmo, and he couldn't. I mean, those are political, sort of, you're a president and you don't tell the truth. He takes it to a level, it's almost as if even when the truth works, let's lie about it. And then there's the Donald Trump on a personal level, even if you agree with him politically, even if you agree uh, with Uh, My statement that he bounces all over the place, although it's kind of hard to say that didn't happen, uh, is the Donald Trump that is just plain cruel.
mean-tempered and cruel. And uh, we have a president that's just cruel. That's all. Attacks people, ad hominem attacks. Attacked John McCain saying he wasn't a hero because he was captured. He was shot down by a missile over Vietnam. Uh, Attacks anybody who attacks him politically uh, is a loser, is a liar, is a crier. I mean, that's what's coming out of the White House and Donald Trump. And I've never... I, I don't remember a president that was just plain cruel to people. And that's a tough one. Because you look at the presidency, and most of us look at the presidency as some exalted position. And legitimately so. It's the presidency. One of the things I love about Ronald Reagan is he was always awed by the presidency. During the week when he was working, it was always a coat and tie. Why? Because... It's the presidency. There's a story in uh, the biography of Ronald Reagan in which he's walking down the hall and uh, it was a blind uh, firefighter that was introduced to him who had lost his eyes during a fire. And uh, he spent a lot of time talking to this man. And uh, his staffer, Ronald Reagan's staffer, said, Mr. President, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go. And he kept on talking. And on the way out, uh, he said to the staffer, saying, listen, Uh, this man is never going to forget that he met the President of the United States. Not Ronald Reagan. The President of the United States. And one of the things that Donald Trump has done, and Nixon to a lesser extent, is demean the office. We just happen to have a, a rotten, cruel guy that is there that will attack people that will... He's a bully. And that's the part that is a real shame. So that's... Those are the four Donald Trumps. All right, coming up, handle on the news, late edition, right here, KFI AM 640. Jennifer Handle on the news, late edition. Handle on the news. Press zero to delete, press star D. Oh, my old radio show. So I guess you could talk about the things around Deleted. Here's Bill Handel. I don't even know what that was about. Slowing down a voicemail call? I guess. Yeah, it was about Yanni and Laurel. Oh, I didn't hear either one there. <laughs> you sure? No, that was not Yanni. That was not Laurel. That's for sure. All right. Why don't we do it? Oh, before we do, uh, the American Red Cross Initiative to Get Prepared California, asking you to donate $400, and you and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew, plus unlimited sky slide rides 1,000 feet in the air during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky Space in downtown L.A. You have to be 21. 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross Get Prepared California campaign. Limited tickets for details long on to KFIAM640.com. And the search word is mixer. Okay. We have a lot of news to cover, don't we? We do. A lot of breaking news. So let's get right to it. Jennifer Jones Lee, Mo Kelly in for Wayne this week, and me, lead story. All right, we're getting information.
information about that infamous Trump Tower meeting with the Russians just uh, during the campaign. And it's, uh, what, 4,000 pages of stuff has been released. Interviews with everybody, congressional hearings, and uh, out of that comes basically nothing. Same thing we've heard over and over again. It was going to be for adoptions. It turned out being dirt, or the accusation that it was dirt on Hillary Clinton. Which, incidentally, that's opposition research. You can get all the dirt you want. just can't have the Russians provide the dirt. So uh, it's going to go no place. This one, at least. The big one is going to be the Mueller investigation. And we don't know what's coming out of that. One thing about the Mueller investigation, Department of Justice, is they are holding this very close to the vest. Okay. And somebody just tried to wriggle out of it, and we'll tell you who got turned down in just a second. Good little tease. Oh, yeah, good tease. Well, we've got, (laughs) hey, if the lava doesn't kill you, the sulfur dioxide will in Hawaii. Hawaii. They've got high levels of sulfur dioxide now coming out of all of the fissures from the Kilauea volcano. And uh, they're saying that the, the toxic gas just, you know, kind of rises from these cracks you can actually in the see ground. The, the video also from yeah, a helicopter. I've seen that. I was watching video last night of the helicopter. It's not just gas coming out of this fissure. It looks like geysers yeah. shooting up in the air. And they don't know where. Yep. It's sort of all over the place. And it's, it's tough stuff. Yeah, so they're yeah. saying it's a, it's an, a really silly, yeah. this part of it affects the entire exposed population. And it's just, how far does this right. stuff go? You know what they call people that uh, live near volcanoes, by the way? Uh, there was a name for them on the island. Did you know that in Hawaiian? No. They call them idiots. Are you waiting for your rim shot? No, I'm not. I'm just waiting to keep on going. All right, then. Feces mom of 10 appeared in court today on abuse charges. Yeah, this is the case uh, where uh, Ina Rogers, I guess, is accused of watching uh, the father of those 10 kids, Jonathan Allen, who is in jail on $5 million bail for torture, child neglect. And both of them are simply denying that it ever happened. This, this is, I, what, is that weird? Yes, and she... Now, he's got tattoos on the face, and he looks a little, you know, odd. She, on the other hand, shows up really well-dressed. Bright, She's very articulate. articulate. Yes, and you're like, what? Yeah. How? And how denies. How do these two, A, how did those two go together? And B, how did they not see, oh, I don't know, the puncture wounds, the marks from well, being Well, no, they shot don't exist. BBs the puncture and- wounds don't exist. Nor do the they, house was not in bad shape. N- and the feces on the floor nothing, and all it, that. It's just not true. Oh, Okay. It's just so bizarre. And uh, legal question: How is it you can have nine felony counts for the ten children? Ooh, good one. Uh, because they couldn't prove that one was tortured. They, uh, you have to have could, some proof. Could it be something as like as much as the kid was too little and couldn't say I was tortured? No, no. Because if there's evidence, uh, there is, and it, it's often the case where one kid is not treated badly. You see that all the time when you have uh, cases of, of total abuse and uh, even torture, where one kid is uh, is separated from the others in terms of being the, the butt 
of uh, the uh, the target of all of this torture and, mal- torture and maltreatment. See, I thought the neglect would have covered all of them. Though. I think the neglect does do co- covers all of them, uh, but I think it's uh, nine counts of torture. Ah, there we go. Okay. Oh. What a story. This one's so sad. Two young kids were killed in what looks like an illegal street race. And this one happened in Riverside County. But what I think it was, was it looks like these two little boys were in the car with their brother. And it was their brother who was one of the drivers in the street race. I think it was just a head-on crash. Well, do, I, they, do I, I have this right? And the, the two the drivers. crash was, but they were racing. Right. These two, they were racing. Yeah. One of them on the wrong side yeah. of the road and goes to the crest of a hill. Can't even see what's on the other side. And they're racing, and over it goes on the hill. Slam. Two kids die. Uh, that is beyond manslaughter, incidentally. Oh, absolutely. This this has to be second-degree murder. This is a tough one. Two counts of second-degree murder. This is life imprisonment Yeah. for these guys. One of them, the one that didn't hit uh, the other car, in fact, uh, took off. Stopped for a minute and took off. Of course. All right, we'll come back and finish this up. I just got breaking news, by the way, that Michigan State now says it has reached a $500 million settlement with the women and girls assaulted by sports doctor Larry Nasser. You think the Booster Club is going to be raising some money? They're going to try. $500 million? That's a hell of a Booster Club. Yeah, but when you talk about college sports, that's reasonable. Really? It just seems a lot to me, but then again... You got to remember, that's football and basketball. Yeah, that's true when you put all that together. Okay, we'll come back. All right, KFI Handle here. And uh, good morning on a Wednesday, May 16th. The big stories that we're covering the Hawaii volcano about to blow its top anytime. And uh, in North Korea, Kim Jong un is saying, well, let's hold off a moment in terms of the summit coming up. All right, we'll see. All right, back we know uh, as we finish handle. Back we go as we finish handle on the news late edition. Jennifer Jones Lee, Mo in for Wayne Resnick and me. California's leading 19 states seeking to block a Trump policy which threatens Planned Parenthood funding. But I'm stronger, strong to and here we go again. Does the president have the ability to do this? Is the funding of Planned Parenthood an act of Congress? If it is, I don't know where Trump is going to go. Now, funding, federal funding for abortion is illegal per Congress. Right. However, if you're talking about funding for birth control, sexually transmitted disease testing, breast, cervical cancer screenings, infertility treatment, that's all the Planned Parenthood does. And they also do abortions. But the politics of Planned Parenthood abortion, uh, as a matter of fact... When you're dealing with conservatives, anything that Planned Parenthood, uh, even if uh, the word abortion would be used in a spelling bee, uh, the government would shut it down. It's that bad. So how can you prove that this particular funding would only be for things like birth control? Because they separate it out. Because Planned Parenthood does separate it out. Uh, So what they do is the uh, donations, uh, they take for abortions are put in a different category. And so they do have a firewall. Then does that lessen then the Trump administration's fight? No. Because of that clear separation? No. Okay. Here's what we were talking about earlier. 
the person who tried to stop Robert Mueller from including him in the whole Russia investigation, Paul Manafort? Nope. This is one of two federal judges because there are two federal cases that have been filed against Paul Manafort by uh, the Department of Justice, which is very unusual. And the judge, I think, in Virginia said all this is is an obvious attempt to nail Donald Trump. Now, the judge in Washington uh, took that argument and said, no, 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 no. It's going to trial. If not one, both places. Okay. Yeah. Homelessness. L.A. County approves $402 million just to fight homelessness here. Are we getting to the point where so much money is being poured into this thing that the gover- various governments, state, county, city, are simply going to write a check of a, for $100,000 for every homeless person? Here, have some money. Well, the cost of living is, is still going to keep going up. Well, especially on the street, on the sidewalk, and I get it. Uh, because uh, sidewalk living in Bel Air is far more expensive than sidewalk living in Altadena, for example. Well, yeah, they'll probably put you in jail in in Beverly Hills. I'm just talking about the actual I cost of the yeah. sidewalk. Yes, it's um. Well, we're gonna we keep agree. on going. So here's another 402 million dollars, LA County, and then you have the city that's punching a huge amount of money into that, and then you have the state that's putting money, and then you have the feds, I think, getting grants. So, and none of it is enough. Yeah. In in uh, Seattle, though, Amazon is mad because Seattle voted to tax high-grossing corporations like Amazon. The bluest sky you've ever yeah. seen. Particularly Amazon. Amazon and Starbucks. That That is the existence in many ways of Seattle right now. So Amazon's going, you know what? You want to tax us what I think it's like $275 per person per year per full-time employee on Amazon. And Amazon goes, you know what? We were building a giant high-rise. We're going to halt that right now. You know that upcoming headquarters that we've been looking for a new location of? We're going to halt that too. Because you can't just willy-nilly go, hey, we're going to tax you guys because it's your fault that more homeless people are on the street because you're bringing in these high-paying jobs pushing people out of regular housing. It's it, When you think about it, it's counterintuitive. Don't, it, we want you to bring high-paying yes. jobs because the tax base right. is so high. But yep. if you do, we're going to tax you uh, to make it more difficult to stay here. And so Amazon goes, fine, then we're out. Or For, we're going to halt what we're doing. 45,000 employees Amazon has in the Seattle area. All right, we are done. Uh, some stuff going on with uh, Gaza. Uh, Nikki Haley in front of the uh, U.N. Security Council, uh, how the U.N. is dealing with this, how uh, Europe is dealing with this, what's going on in terms of the demonstrations, and a couple of questions that I I don't know why the U.N. and Europe tends to ignore this. And I'm going to ask that question. We'll be back with that. KFI AM 640. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart. KFI handle here on a Wednesday, May 16th. Hump day. Some of the top stories that we're covering. A story broke this morning. The Senate panel that is studying, uh, that is looking into that meeting uh, between the Trump folks and the Russians at Trump Tower back in 2016. Well, they've released 2,000 pages, and it basically says nothing. Also, the Hawaii volcano, or just anticipating it exploding anytime. All right, uh, last night, 
it was uh, Ambassador, UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, who was addressing the Security Council or relative to uh, this business in Gaza. And the reason I spend a lot of time, well, first of all, of course, uh, you know that, uh, number one, I'm fascinated by it. You know what side I'm on, so uh, there's no issue as to my bias. But the geopolitical, the big picture part of this is extraordinary. And so uh, last night, uh, Nikki Haley defended the Israelis. Now, keep in mind that as a result of uh, the demonstrations, they call them demonstrations, uh, and they're being referred to as peaceful demonstrations on the side of the Palestinians in Gaza. Uh, I find that fascinating because uh, what you have Israel, 60 Palestinians died, and it wasn't because of peaceful demonstrations. It wasn't because they were marching to Selma, Alabama. It was because uh, Palestinians were breaching the border between Israel and the in Gaza. And, of course, the entire world went crazy. How horrible the Israelis are. Uh, look at that disproportionate. Uh, it was only a demonstration. Well, how about breaching the border? What if someone breached your border? Would you fight that? Well, it's uh, I, we wouldn't do it with disproportionate uh, uh, violence, okay? So uh, Nikki Haley is defending Israel. And so let's count the number of countries that have defended Israel including the United States. Okay? If you count the United States, you've got one, you've got two. One! Just the United States. And the rest of the world is, of course, attacking Israel uh, and somehow even arguing that it was uh, Israel that started the fight. I find that all fascinating. However... Uh, let's talk about reality. And reality is that no one gives a rat's about the Palestinians. It's all lip service around the world. Every bit of it. And in a sense, I feel, I feel badly for Palestinians. Because the way it works in Gaza, and it's being described as the world's largest prison, it is. It absolutely is. Hamas, having taken control of Gaza, Hamas uh, and the leadership is uh, all Hamas, and uh, they call the tune. And to them, it's all about the destruction of that country next door. Far more important than feeding the people or providing infrastructure education. The number one, the number one reason for existence is the destruction of Israel. Well, what do you think Israel's going to do? Just sit there? Not those folks. So there's a blockade around Gaza. No one's getting in and out, both at sea and on land. Egyptians, the same thing, incidentally, because part of Gaza, the border is with Egypt. And why? Well, because what Hamas does is try to import as many arms as possible. Why? Because let's go to number one. What's the first thing that Hamas wants to do? is destroy Israel. It's part of their charter. And so when you have an organization out there, you have a government next door that says, we want to destroy you. And you have 20,000, and I'm going to quote demonstrators, 
of which hundreds, if not thousands, are trying to breach the border and going into your land, what do you do? Well, as far as Europe and the rest of the world is concerned, I guess you just let them. And uh, you use non-lethal force. I'm surprised Israel is using non-lethal force, frankly, uh, at all. They've actually uh, pulled back, uh, which I think is going to be an argument against Israel, because they were using real live bullets uh, a couple days ago. And yesterday they changed their tune. Now it's uh, the uh, it's mainly these drones flying overhead and then uh, unloading uh, the tear gas canisters. And I mean lots of them because the drones are going continuously. And so the argument that Europe is making, of course, is you shouldn't use uh, lethal force whatsoever. And it really doesn't matter uh, if they're trying to breach your border. I mean, you sort of have to sweep that under the rug. That shouldn't be a big issue for Israel, which stuns me, stuns certainly the United States, stuns uh, the Israelis. But let's talk about what's really happening over there. And this is where I feel terrible for Palestinians. Because of Hamas, nothing goes in and out of Israel. Nothing. Or out of uh, out of Gaza, not by sea, not by land, not by air. And the only thing that is allowed over land or by sea is humanitarian aid, and they search every bit of it. And then, unfortunately for the Palestinians, when Hamas tries to pull a fast one, a tunnel, send a terrorist or two over the border to try to attack an Israeli target. A village, a farm, which happens right there at the border. There's lots of them. Then what Israel does is shut down the borders completely. You're not even getting humanitarian aid. What we're going to do is we're stopping electricity from coming into Gaza. So now you get sporadic three, four hours a day. And what happens? Well, the Palestinians suffer even more. But remember... It doesn't matter how many Palestinians suffer because what's the number one issue for Hamas, the government of Gaza? The destruction of those guys next door. And I want to come back and talk about how the rest of the world, Palestinians are getting screwed every which way. And I, it's, it's tough to be a Palestinian. And I'll explain why and what is happening. How they're getting screwed over by everybody. They have no friends. They have no friends at all. Israel has one friend, by the way, but it has the United States. Good to have you. That's the gorilla. That's the 800-pound gorilla. And if you have to have one friend, you want the 800-pound gorilla. Palestinians have zero. And I'll come back and go into that for a few minutes and your chance to win $1,000. KFI AM 640, Bill Handel. It is uh, Wednesday. Uh, before we uh, go back to our topic at hand... Uh, let's uh, give you a chance to win some cash. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. And if you do win, you're going to get a call from a number you don't recognize, so you've got to pick it up or they'll move on to somebody else. Your chance to win happens every hour, Monday through Friday, starting at 5 o'clock with Wake Up Call, all the way through the Conway Show at 7 o'clock at night. 
All right, uh, back we go. Uh, this uh, I want to revisit uh, what happened uh, yesterday at the uh, UN Security Council when uh, our ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, defended Israel in uh, this uh, recent, uh, and I'm going to use the quotes, uh, demonstration with uh, the Palestinians uh, out of Gaza. And uh, the only place, of course, the only country in the world that defends Israel is the United States. And why is that? Everybody hates the Jews. That is correct. Now, also, everybody hates the Palestinians. And herein lies the problem with the Palestinians, because while everybody hates the Jews, uh, the Jews happen to have a uh, first world economy. They're just doing fine. Palestinians have virtually nothing, especially in Gaza. And I explain why, because of Hamas, because uh, all they care about is making sure that those guys next door are destroyed and you can't destroy those guys next door. Uh, Just too tough. And so it becomes totally unfair. So why are the Palestinians doing this? Because they have nothing to lose. You've got young Palestinian men. The majority of them are unemployed. Some have educations. Some don't. And uh, they, they've really got nothing to lose. I mean, they're looking at 70 years uh, living in horrible conditions. And, you know, where are they going to go? So what they do is lash out. And uh, they talk about things that are... Pie in the sky. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna take our land and we're no, you're not. No, you're not. And here's where the rest of the world and this I think it's even tougher for the rest of the world, uh, tougher for the Palestinians than even is the Israelis. And that is they're getting lip service from the West of the rest of the world. Oh, we think the Palestinians are right. We think the Israelis are occupiers. We think there's a form of apartheid going on. We have to help the Palestinians. It is so unfair. Uh, it's disproportionate force being used. Of course, they're doing what they can. Uh, okay. Who's helping them? Nobody. The Iranians are sending arms over there. Because uh, the politics, not even the politics, you know, how Iran feels about Israel. You know, their their enemy, their enemy of uh, everything they believe in, the theocracy that uh, Iran is about, right? And so arms are going there or trying to go there. But again, we go back to the borders being completely closed off to Gaza. And so... Can you imagine being a Palestinian? And what you hear is uh, the U.N. Security Council stands up and uh, a moment of silence for the 60 dead Palestinians. Okay, and that's all they're going to get. Resolutions. Horrible that uh, Israel's doing that. Right? Anything from the U.N.? No. Lip service from all the Arab countries. We're on your side. We love you, Palestine. Yes, we think that what the Israelis are doing is immoral. We think it is horrific. Uh, And we're going to do everything we can to help you. And they end up doing nothing. Even the money that is promised to them by the Arab countries does not go to them. No wonder those Palestinians are so frustrated. At least Israel knows that the rest of the world hates it. And doesn't care. I mean, it is what it is. We get it. We have the United States on our side, which is really all we need. And the Palestinians are saying, 
literally to the rest of the world that say they're on the Palestinian side and nothing happens. It is a broken promise. And it is living in an area in which the Israelis totally control their very lives. And now you can decide whether it's because Israel is an occupying force uh, or whether it is self-defense for Israel. It doesn't matter what side you're on. It really doesn't. You can't argue with Hamas controlling. You can't argue with the fact that uh, one of uh, maybe Hamas's singular mission in life is to destroy Israel. I mean, you can't argue with that because just look at their charter. What you can argue is, is anybody helping? No, you can't even argue with that because no one is. So you get lip service from the rest of the world. You get Israel right next door. You're stupid enough to say we're going to destroy you, which is hilarious. Can you imagine sitting there with a rock and a Mirkava tank, Israeli tank, is rolling towards you and you start throwing rocks at the tank and somehow in your wildest imagination you're going to win that battle? What, what planet are they on? And so those are just some of the politics that are going on. And it's the same thing, right? Resolution after resolution from the U.N., uh, nothing happens until you see some kind of violence occurring. And uh, Israel, you attack Israel, they just kick the crap out of you. That's all. It's that simple. They tried that. Hamas tried that a few years ago. They're still trying to rebuild the infrastructure. And they will for the next 10 years it was wiped out. Uh, Iranian military forces launched 20 missiles into Israel, of which 16 just fall no place, and four actually are going to fall someplace. And, uh, of course, they're shot down by Iron Dome. And then, the next two days later, Israel takes out every Iranian military installation in Syria. Where are you going to go with that? All right. I'll tell you where we're going to go. We're going to go to your kitchen with a house whisperer. What's hot and what's not. Isn't that clever? What's hot in the kitchen? That's Dean. Dean did that. And we'll be back with that. KFI AM 640, uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee. Wow. Wednesday, hump day, and that means that it's uh, Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, who is heard Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. and on social media at home or home with Dean. Literally everywhere. Everywhere. I'm everywhere. Yeah, I know. uh, All of it. And then uh, don't forget our podcast here. All right. Uh, Now, Dean, we're talking kitchens, which I love because I hang around the kitchen, as most everybody does. Yeah. Kitchen is uh, the ground center. It's it's ground zero for the house. It's the new family gathering place. Yeah, and it has been for a while. So I'm looking at uh, a list that you gave me. What's new in the kitchen? And there's a list of out. What's out? And what's in. What's in. Okay. So so let me. me, I'm going down the list. Let me, before you go there. Yeah. I just want to preamble this. I am not the kind of designer who gets all twisted up in knots about trends. But, but, trends are important in one sense, in that the stuff that goes out, there are lessons to be learned there. That's all I'm saying. 
I don't care if you are putting in a kitchen right now or thinking about putting in a kitchen and you want to go with a style that isn't like at the top of the list of what's in right now. All I'm concerned about is when you tell the story that you want to tell in your kitchen, you tell it in a way so that it lasts all right, for well, you. That's and, all. all. That's right. all I'm saying. I got it. Okay. Some of the stuff, when you say what's in and what's out, we're going to go through a few of this. Uh it, it seems to me a lot of uh, this is basically more for looks as opposed to practicality. Uh, for example, out is granite, in is quartz. Uh, that's just a, a value judgment. Actually, it's not. Tell me why. I'll tell you why. Granite was such a huge thing for so long in kitchens because it's so hard. It's such a dense material. What people didn't realize is that granite is a very dense material, but it's a very porous material. Oh, God forbid Super. you put a surface on it. Or you have to seal it, and you got to keep it saying. sealed. Otherwise, it can become unhygienic. Okay. It can become unsanitary, because if you aren't sealing your granite countertops once to twice per year, then the pores are opening up, and stuff can get down inside there that you can no longer clean out. Wow. Just okay. saying. Okay. Uh, okay, so that has been replaced now in large part by quartz. And quartz being just kind of a catchphrase for a man-made material that's uh, that's actually it's a, it's a manufactured material made out of ground-up quartz crystals and natural stone that we can make all sorts of shapes all and right. And appearances. All right, so give me some some of the most important ones uh, that you think that are not. It's going to cost you forty thousand uh, dollars to replace. And obviously, this is when you remodel or just change out a countertop, or you need new cabinetry because you're there already. So right, all of this applies. So one is the blind corner. You know the blind corner. The blind corner is your base cabinets when they turn into the corner. It's that corner cabinet. It's There's a lot of space back yeah. there, and it's been the bane of cabinet yeah. manufacturing have, since day one. Yeah, I have some. Right? So initially, we just said, screw it. We're just putting shelves back there, and you got to get down in your hands and knees, and if you put anything way back in the corner, you're never going to see it again. You might as well not own that thing anymore. Then came, in the uh, mid-'80s, uh, came the age of the Lazy Susan. Right. Now, the only problem with the—and there's nothing wrong with the Lazy Susan per se. Other but, than it's lazy. Uh, other than the fact that when you put a circle inside a square, you're losing a lot Tremendous of potential space. storage space. Although you get more than just uh, the blind cabinet. For sure. Because that's all useless. Exactly. There. So there's nothing wrong with the Lazy Susan. So lazy what do you do? Susan. So what so, do you do? Well— what you do is you go out and you do your research because there are maybe 10, 15 different variations of this solution. But uh, it's what we call a blind corner optimizer. This, If you haven't seen one of these, they're beautiful pieces of hardware. They're rectangular, and it's basically pull-out tray hardware in which when you open up the corner, you pull out the first set of trays. And then after doing that, the the set of trays that are back in the corner slide to the right behind them, and then those can pull out as well. And so basically what we're saying is we've got full storage capacity for the blind corner okay, that that's you, clever. Can, you can very easily get to. Okay. 
So that is in. And what? And the Lazy Susans are kind of out. All right. Now, out walk-in pantries. Walk-in pantries, assuming you have the room, are tremendous. Why? Why would you? Because there's room, because you have shelving, because you have a lot of space. You have space here. You have space there. You can turn around. You can turn around. Yes. That's what. That's why they're tremendous. So what do you replace walk-in pantries with? With pant- full-height pantry cabinets. I'll tell you this. Walk-in pantries can feel very luxurious because you can say, oh, look, I have a walk-in pantry. But the reality is they're the same as walk-in closets. They have kind of a luxury ticket attached to them because you can walk into them. But you think about this, most of the square footage that's being taken up by a walk-in pantry is not the storage. It's not the shelves. It's for you to stand inside the pantry. But keep in mind, a walk-in pantry has three or maybe... Doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you this, and it's not an absolute, but in 95% of the cases of kitchens that we are asked to remodel that have a walk-in pantry, we get rid of the walk-in pantry because I can either match or increase the kitchen storage space simply by using against-the-wall pantry cabinet. Yeah, this is getting very depressing. And I give of, the square footage yeah. of that pantry back to the kitchen proper. Yeah, because out of the eight, out of the 20 you shouldn't do, I'm at 18. There you go. Oh, we'll be back. And uh, more of what's hot and what's not in the kitchen with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. KFI AM 640. And, oh, Jennifer, quick, quick, quick. A lot of pressure there. We're talking there. about Yanni versus Laurel. All right. We can't ha- get over it this morning. Well, now I say home. All right, handle here on a Wednesday hump day, and uh, we finished the show with uh, Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, heard uh, 9 to 11 o'clock every Sunday morning, and today it's what's hot, what's not, in, in the kitchen, in the kitchen, and uh, Dean gave me a list of 20 items that are out, of which I'm good for 18. Oh, by the way, this segment of Handle and the House Whisperer is brought to you by Sunlux, the official solar company of not only Dean and Home, but also me. Those are my guys. Uh, yeah, oh, just, uh, yeah. Oh, they come out and they do a fabulous job. They do. Uh, and that's just not blowing smoke, although I would gladly blow smoke. I mean, I would say that because they're sponsors, but in this just case, for money, yeah, you would just that's you'd true. Do anything for money? Oh, anything! But in this case, I actually mean it. Okay, well, go that's figure. Good. For the best value in solar, dial pound two fifty and say Sun Lux, and say Handle will do anything for money. Okay, <laughs> what's out? We already went through. You pick. You uh, pick. There's more than we can cover. Just pick one, and yeah. I'll tell you why you're wrong. All right. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, and partial overly trash compactors. I don't have that. Upper cabinets, I have. Uh, so okay, why- now upper cabinets. Upper cabinets are outish, and that's not a just a, a broad stroke. Like, don't put in any upper cabinets. But we really are trying these days to make kitchens more multi-purpose, and we're trying to open them up as much as possible. So upper cabinets only when necessary. Upper cabinets, the rest, because, you know, a a kitchen just full of uppers where every base cabinet has an upper above it, it can get cavey really fast. And we're trying to lift ceilings. We're trying to open up walls. We're trying to make the room more habitable, more airy, not just And the higher the ceiling, the better it feels and looks. Yes, absolutely. Now, upper cabinets getting replaced a lot by open shelves. But this comes with a warning. If you are not 
a neat freak and a minimalist, don't replace all your upper cabinets with open shelves because open shelves looks great on the day that we install them and there's nothing sitting on them. And if you are just going to fill them up with stuff that really should be inside a cabinet, then use an upper. Right. Okay. Uh, honey spice oak. Oh. That's a tea. The ba- That's tea. It is tea. And ash oak is in. Yeah. So during the 70s, 80s, every piece of wood that went inside a house, it seems, in Southern California was honey spiced oak. In other words, it was red oak stained honey spice, honey oak. And uh, we got so sick of it, so sick of it, that we all just moved away from oak. We just threw oak, threw the baby out with the bathwater. When the problem was really the stain color, not the material. So we went away from oak cabinets for the longest of times. We went to maple and walnut and other kinds of things. Now oak has regained its ascendancy oak is back and why not because it's such a hard wood it's such a great looking wood but the big tiger stripe oak that we used to see that grain on the cabinets we're trying to quarter saw it now so it's minimalized that grain and instead of that honey spice uh uh we're going with an ashen uh stain something with a little bit of gray in it and it looks absolutely beautiful all right so uh, and it's fair to say this is much like um like clothing right fashion uh it comes back right things just happen to come back for example avocado colored appliances yeah uh those are not coming back no shag rugs no well shag rugs not shag carpeting shag carpeting you see and there's the thing that's what I'm talking about. When something falls out of trendiness, there's a reason why. And we should learn that lesson, like honey spice oak cabinets fell out. But then we realized it wasn't the wood, it was the stain color. And so now oak is back. And oak will now be back to stay because we've learned the lesson. You don't have to shy away from oak. We've got to get the stain hey, color right. Would you do uh, hardwood cabinetry? I mean, real wood as opposed to, let's say, MDF or... Uh, Are you talking about the boxes? Yeah, I'm talking Talking about the boxes. And the the front doors. We're talking about the boxes. Yeah, the boxes are easy, but I'm talking about the doors themselves. I Uh, would never, I never recommend using an MDF or any kind of compressed composite material underneath the door as the door structure, except, except in a couple of situations. One, if you have a, if you're going to get a laminated cabinet, what we call like a thermofoil cabinet, in which they're not painted, They've got these melamine sheets that are melted over the front of the cabinet. Those things are so tough, you can afford to have, and actually they they melt onto uh, MDF materials better than wood. And for paint grade cabinets, if we're still going with a recessed uh, raised panel, the panels, not the rest of the door, but the panel itself, it's better if it's MDF because a real wood panel tends to, over time, crack. Se- crack and separate. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dean, uh, every uh, Sunday from 9 to 11 o'clock, and there is... This Sunday, we're doing the whole list. Oh, the the entire list. All the way through. Of what's new in the kitchen, what's out, what's in. All right, Gary Hoffman. Howdy. Gary. Hey, Hey, guys. What's in on your show? Uh, Well, we are going to get an update on the explosion down in Aliso Viejo. Corbin Carson is going to join us right at the uh, 10 o'clock hour, and then at noon is when we're expecting that news conference where they can break down whether or not it was an intentional act. There's still some concern that that may have been a package or a bomb or something that exploded at that office building. Also, the uh, dad in the Turpin North case, remember those kids that were taken out of the home in Fairfield? 
the dad gave a jailhouse interview and claims to be the Indiana Jones of spirituality. So, we're going to play for you parts of his jailhouse interview. That's fantastic. Make, I mean, the wife, when she came out, the mom actually seemed sane. She did. As a matter of fact, beyond that, articulate. Articulate. She smart. was well-dressed. Yeah. I mean, she was pretty. Now, I mean, she's, she's a lunatic. Clearly, well, she's delusional. If but she's married to the Indiana Jones of spirituality. For sure. Yes. All right. Uh, also, whether you're Team Laurel or Team Yanny, we have a way to force you to hear the other word. If you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, next hour we'll get into all of this whole internet thing that's blowing up right now. Sure no way. Is. You're uh, not getting in my head. I promise no. you I can make you I no can make way. you hear the other word. All right. All right. We're done, guys, because I have to bring Gary aboard. Otherwise, we'll get yelled at because he has to start on time. Uh, Dean, thank you. We'll talk again. And, uh, Gary, you have a good show. Thank you, sir. This is KFI AM 640.